With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it's your girl Tamara Moore, former WNBA guard and current head coach at Masabi Range College. I want to give a big shout out to STWF Media, the big brand, for showing love and always being about those good sports. Make sure you guys show them love. You and your community can join them every week to talk about sports. Shouts out to them and make sure you check them out. What's up, what's up, everybody, everybody doing tonight? Welcome to Sports Talk with Friends for Friday night interviews. We got a doozy for y'all tonight. It's your boy, Coach Lee. Got a couple of characters on here with us tonight. But before we get everything started, you know who we got to bring on first. He going to get upset with me, so I got to make sure I get his name right. I think his name is somebody by the name of uh, Uncle Leroy Jr. <laughs> hey, hey, man, you got to give me a cue when you're bringing me on, man. But look, you messed up. Got to get you a gift. Don't say the Leroy without the junior. Ah! But, man, just like you said, we got a great show tonight, man. Like, uh, like my grandma, she used to bat me in the back of my head and say, boy, when you're around greatness, put on a tie. And tonight, man, we got greatness. We got Tamara Moore. She's hanging out with us. She's the first of a lot. But can't bring her on without bringing on Shuli. Y'all know her. You know, she's the lady of the brand. She's the voice specialist and the host of Speaking with Shuli. Let's bring on. Hi. Hi. How y'all doing? All right, all right, all right. Have no speak. No speak, speak. I like that. I like Mm -hmm. that. So uh, where you hanging out with us at? You know what I'm saying? We you know, we know you just be all over. Like, you know, where you hanging out with us tonight? You know, I wish I was in Ghana, but that's besides the point, right? I, I need to be traveling, but I'm in Houston. I'm here at home. It's a nice little Friday night in the city. Nice, nice. So, all right, so, you know, it's, uh, you know, you see, I got my mask on. I ain't playing no games, vaccinated or not. So, how you, you know, how you, how you down there? You all uh, got the mask on, y'all doing social distancing? Ooh, so we are still social distancing, but there are people without the mask. Of course, you know, people have been showing out in Houston all pandemic long anyway. But now that this mandate has been lifted, we shall see what's happening. But I went out for a little walk out by the Toyota Center since we're talking about sports. But um, I saw some people with mask on, some with mask off. But it was it was OK. It wasn't too crowded. But people are coming out of their homes now for sure. 
Nice, nice. All right, all right. So, you know, we're talking about people coming out their homes. We're going to get this thing started. We got to bring in, we got this interview with not only the first African-American woman to be a head coach of a men's college basketball team. She's a baller. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's the, like, she went first round, 15th overall pick to Mara Moore. Like, hey, I ain't tell you, I got my Air Forces laced up. I'm ready. But we're going to bring her on so she can defend herself and get on. Let's clap it up for Tamara Moore. Wow. So let me just, real quick, I don't want think you want to hoop in Air Forces. Let me just tell the people that right <laughs> Hey, Get them hey. together, sis, right now. No, we don't want that. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm all about looking good to the game. You know what I'm saying? You know how it is? Like, you look at the bottom of my sneakers. They ain't spell stuff. I ain't play. Look, just throw me the ball. I'm just shooting. That's it. That's all. That's all we got. <laughs> man, but look, definitely got to appreciate you uh, for hanging out with us. Like, man, I, we appreciate that. But uh, what are you calling it? Where are you hanging out with us at? Man, I'm right now in Minneapolis, Minnesota. This is where I was born and raised. A lot of people know that I've been um, hired as the head coach at Masabi Range College. That's three hours outside of the city. I'm back in Minneapolis right now, kicking in with family until I get back to the Wow, wow. You know, I'm going to tell you, like, saying that was always a tongue twist. I used to say Minneapolis, Minneapolis. No, I couldn't get. Yes, people say Minneapolis. That's me. Yes. <laughs> Not it. It's it's Indianapolis, Indiana, and it's Minnesota. So people put the extra any because of Indianapolis. That's me every time. That's it. Yes. Yes. Yep. So so hey, I gotta let you know early. Get this disclaimer. Uncle Leroy is public school smart now. So okay now. All don't right. Don't get me. <laughs> 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 Okay, hey, so you know one thing that I know about Minnesota is the Mall of America. Like, you know, what is what is that? Like, what is that to do out there in Minnesota? Um well, have you ever been to the mall of uh, to the Mall of America first? Have I ever been to the Mall of America? Tons of times, but like it's it's overrated now for us, of course. If I was here, born and raised, there's five hundred and forty stores in the mall, there's an amusement park in the middle of it. There's a movie theater. There's two food courts. They got restaurants. They got, you know, comedy clubs. They got everything you can think of at the Mall of America. But once you've been there so many times living here, it's, I think I've been to the Mall of America one time in the last two years from being here. Like, but for tourists, it's a, it's a big attraction. I've got the big Target Center. We have First Avenue, the home of Prince, who is from Minnesota. Uh, we have some really, really super, really dope things at our new um, U.S. Bank Stadium. Which they had the Super Bowl here a few years ago. We got a lot of really, really cool stuff here in Minnesota. Um, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis are from Minnesota. We have, yep. you know, their show that they recently just sold. There's a lot of things some really good hits uh, of, of people that have done a lot of things in the industries that they've been in. So, Mall of America is great. Other things too. All of this Minnesota talk, they just got my my corn starting to burn. You know, because it just brings me back to the Minnesota miracle. You know, I just I just want to put that out there. Yes, I'm listen. We always <laughs> that, but you know, I, I, I'm not gonna be. I, I love Minnesota sports, but we ain't always been smart in the decisions we make with draft picks when it comes to making it far in playoff runs. But what I will say is that okay. Minnesota thinks them ladies always winning them championships. That's all. <laughs> 
Let's That's give it nice. up for the ladies. Exactly. <laughs> Clap it up. Nice. Nice. So, you know, we see you got, you know, straight motivation and, you know, you're coming from Minnesota. You got a lot of, you know, injustice, a lot of things you got to push through and, you know, you being a coach and just being from that area, you know, like you being, you know, you coming from where you came from and pushing through so much adversity, what motivates you? And like, what, you know, what, and what strengths, you know, what gives you the strengths to push on? Um, I think the biggest thing that motivates me is knowing that there are um, youth that are uh, that need a home somewhere. Um, I also think that my, my motivation, this might sound cliche, but my family. I have young nieces and nephews that are now taking the journey and path that I took. I have a high school niece that's in eighth grade um, playing varsity basketball. Aspires to take, you know, herself to the next level of being a WNBA player or a coach in college. Um, so just, just, I think the, the motivation really is family and just the, the generations that I feel like, um, need the guidance. Um, but just overall, I think the biggest thing for me is, is just wanting to be successful and continuing to be successful, not just with the game, but beyond the game. So that's, I think that's the biggest thing. Nice. Wow. Whew. Wow. So man, how you come behind that? You got something truly? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking she's saying all of this and she mentioned her niece. She's doing all of these amazing things. First of all, salute to you, Thank sister. You. That's it. Yes. You're, you're out here being a queen, doing great things. And it's Women's History Month with you being the coach. Right. I mean, coming and making the moves that you've made. Does this make Women's Month more special for you? Tell me about that. How are you feeling right now? Yeah, I think I think it's awesome because I, I really do believe that a lot of people underestimate the strengths of a woman when it comes to certain things, especially right now. Look at looking at the job I just took. I mean, I'm the men's head basketball coach of a college team. The strength that people assume you have to have of being a woman to gain the respect of the players, gain the respect of, of, of the world to believe you can do this or, or do anything. So I think it being Women's History Month, we you know we got our first Black Vice President woman. I mean, we have a lot of different things that are, are taking a precedent moving forward. We got women. We got women now um, refing in the NFL, refing in the NBA. You're seeing yes. all African American refing crews. Um, I just think it's it, it's amazing. But also on top of it, being African American and being a woman, breaking down some barriers is always exciting. So when Uncle Lee, uh, when Uncle Leroy Jr. hit me up and said, you know, um, you know, you're the first woman to do it, I said, uh-uh, you got to put the African American on there because that for me is my heritage, that's my background, that's another first for us in in, in, the, in the world, and it just is a great opportunity. Speak it, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, like I'm telling you, like after she after she checked me, you know what I'm saying? You're like. Check up, fool. You know what I'm saying? She hit with the ball. Check up. I was like, <laughs> bang, bang, give you 50 feet. You know what I'm saying? I was like, that's greatness. You know, because this one thing, you know, you got to pay homage to the people before me. Like, if you want, under, you know, you can't be great without understanding great, being a part of great, and, you know, uh, representing the greatness and respecting it. So that's mm -hmm. why I was like, blessings. I was like, I appreciate salute your greatness because, you know, you can tell you was driven just by that state. Yeah, and I so. think that I've made a lot of firsts just especially – even just here in Minnesota, um, just to get like a little bit of a background here in Minnesota, they had um, they have these All Star games, and um, back in 1994, uh, all pretty much all African American boys high school team won a state championship, and none of them made the All Metro team. 
it was so what we did was the community created this thing called the inner city all-star classic where it was for minority athletes to shine so it was, they only had a boys game by the time they got to my graduating class of 1998 they still hadn't they still didn't have a girls game so they asked me would i want to be the first girls to play in the boys game so i was the one i, I was able to do that i'm the first black state of minnesota so it's a lot of things that i take um pride in but i don't want to just say oh i'm a i'm a i'm a black queen i just want to say i'm a strong woman that is doing great things for my african american community wow yes wow that's it that's, that's it. it that's all i'm trying to do <laughs> you know what I'm saying? so you know you've been involved in so many things and you know just like you said you got a lot of people on your back you inspire a lot you know it is difficult being first that's what people don't understand you know it's like you know, it's like if you if somebody if there's a line over here, people getting water. All you gotta do is just step in line. Yeah. But if you like, hey, bro, I need some water. You know what I'm saying? You got to be that person. You know, like you said, people got to believe in you. You got to be able to have that confidence to speak to people at first. You know, and be approachable and be you know where people don't turn your way. So how do you we you know with all of that with all of that being on you coming to you. And with your local issues, these past local issues in Minneapolis, in Minnesota, how do you remain focused? Mm -hmm. um, I think I have a really good support system, regardless whether that be, you know, friends, family. Um, I have the support of the community. Um, I, I think, I mean, I have the support of a former WNBA women that I got a chance to play with. And right now, I'm actively in a, a group me group with probably over 100 former WNBA women that are wow. Other they wish wish each other a happy birthday. They tell us they tell we tell each other about opening jobs. We talk about you know opportunities presenting themselves. Like and that just happened over the last probably six months of us really deciding to come together and being more vocal as a group. So just having the support of former teammates, you know, former coaches, I think that is is a is a way to be able to stay focused. I think the other thing that keeps me focused is knowing where I'm trying to go. I know what my my next steps are that I want to see for myself. I want to definitely be a head coach on the D1 level at some point in the next, you know, I would say one to one to three years. So Speaking. I know what my future of where I'm trying to go. So that's where my focus lies. I don't want anything to shut that down or stop that from potentially happening. Wait, oh wait, wait, you're an eighty baby like me. So back in the nineties, they had this show called A Living Color. Wait, three snaps in a circle. Shoot. Look, I <laughs> Okay, look, you get it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Man, you picked it up. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> but wow, you know, that is it. You know, that's how you stay focused, be, you know, being around other people like that. And that's how you become effective by surrounding yourself with so many people like that. That is, wow. Yes. So, I, you know. I, you have the, the circle of people that you need to keep out because they try to steer your focus away. Um, oh, Lord. Speak it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? But. I mean, you have. I mean, I've, I've ran into a few people like that, and I and I think to myself, they were put in that position for a reason. And I always say, to me, I personally have somewhat of a slogan that says, "A hater is just a fan that just doesn't know how to applaud." Because you know, I, I just, I just. Wait, no, wait, no! You can't just walk over that nugget right there. That's one of them drop the mic and a go. Like, can you say that once again? You know, cause we're gonna be replaying and we're gonna be streaming on all podcasts. Yes. Say that, say that. I say that again. That just doesn't know how to applaud. 
Like, I, I really do believe that. <laughs> and everything you say, do it. They're just scared to applaud because then it shows the whole world that they support you. So, wow. that's what did it come? That's what. That's how I feel. Wow. So, I don't know if you can see the ticker at the bottom, but this show is brought to you by KyrieClover.com. So, if that's not trademark, you might find that on a shirt tomorrow morning. <laughs> and that's my guy. You know, he actually went to Masabi Range. So. True. Yes, so you know I need definitely all Kyrie clothing, gear, hook me up. I got you. Now you're going to come back from the break. We're going to hook you up. But, man, like, wow, you just got some good stuff going on. Like, man, like, she got to speak on it. Like, it's just a lot of just women goodness going on. Speak on it. Like, like I know you got something. Yeah, I know. It's good. It's good. Go ahead. Oh, no, no. All right. I'm just excited that you guys haven't gave me the opportunity to be on here, tell my story, and, 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 and give back to – you know the people that that might not know or might ha haven't heard, and I I'm the I'm the most humble. Like people be like, you know, T, you're a legend. I'll be like, I am. Like I'm still oblivious to the idea of that I'm a legend. Like that's for people to to assume. That's for people to speak on. And I'm just humbled that I have the opportunity to have even the chance to to have impact to people's lives. And wow. So and, and you have. Wow. Yeah. And speaking on being a legend, like you said, you really don't know when you're growing up and you have dreams and you have aspirations. I mean, the way you have, like he said, I mean, you've just been speaking it and you've, you're just saying it with authority. So you said in the next one to three years, but when you were growing up as a young woman, you know, in sports and doing the things that you've done, could you have seen or forecasted that you would be here right now in this moment? Um. I could I could forecast me being a coach, sure. Um, to the point where I was our freshman head coach as a senior in high school. I would coach the freshman team games, and then after the freshman team games were over, during the JV games, I would go get dressed for the varsity games and then play in the varsity games. I always knew that I I was destined to be a coach. I always knew that I was going to be a coach, um, but I didn't know it was going to be something that was going to make history or be historic. Um, I've been trying to, you know, break into the college game for a while. That's why I ended up starting my semi-pro team called the Elite five years ago because I really wanted to take my my coaching to the next level. Um, as a player, I always knew I was gonna, I always knew I was gonna work hard to try to make my dream come true of playing in the WNBA. But as far as coaching, I always had the student of the game mentality. Like I'm gonna go out and draw the plays. I'm gonna go rewatch games, take stats because I just that was just that was just in me. So to have this opportunity, I'm excited to, to take it where it is now and see how far I can take it. Wow. I know. That's good stuff. You know, so one thing, like, you know, I'm from New Orleans. And that's one thing, like, one is one thing that you need from New Orleans is if you're from New Orleans, you won't be successful in New Orleans. you got to go somewhere else. So it is the craziest thing, you know, but you've had the opportunity to be the pride of Minnesota. And mm -hmm. stay there, you know. You was, you know, you, you had, you know, you played college, you played there, and you're coaching there. So, has that been a blessing and a curse? Um, actually, how it's so crazy that I'm actually gonna be um, doing a documentary on, on my life called "The Lost Legend: The Blessings and the Curses of the Game." Um, that's gonna be the name of my documentary because the, everybody doesn't realize there's major blessings when it comes to playing sports. And what I will will, will correct on what you said is. What you just said about New Orleans is exactly how it pretty much is in Minnesota too. Like 
I, in some, I mean, there is a lot of support here. I've had a lot of support in Minnesota, but there are a lot of, you know, people that don't support uh, for whatever the crazy reason might be. But that's life. It's not something that I feel like is is a, is anything that I can change personally about what I do individually. But I think the biggest thing is it's been exciting. I, I played high school basketball here. I left for college. I traveled the world with the WNBA. I went overseas. And then when I got injured, I came back. I started co high school coaching. I started getting into the community, giving back. And now my, my first coaching college coaching job is in Minnesota. Um, so I think the big thing is, like, not everybody is going to want to see you be successful. And, and that's just a part of life. But I think for the ones that do support me, that's what I look for. And I try to keep it in the, in the front forward of my mind because that's what's going to help me to push forward. But, oh, it's like it's like that here in Minnesota, too, where if you go somewhere else, you get major love, you get major support. You got people that are really like, man, you did this, did that. When you mm -hmm. come back, are oh, you, are you back? So you know like I could tell that you know you that Minnesota is that environment because you you know you've got a cool swag. You, you got a slogan for that for your haters. So yeah. what was the craziest thing you've heard? You know, someone told you. The craziest thing they've told me about me. Yeah. Yes, like you know, being from in the hood in that area, you know, like just in that atmosphere. Um, I think I can't. I, I think the craziest thing I think I have I, I've dealt with is the fact. Just be real. I went to University of Wisconsin Madison for college. I literally went to the the school that is right over the border from Minnesota. Like you couldn't stay home, but you could go o over there to the to the neighbor and, and mm -hmm. go to college. Um, I think the biggest thing I I I think is that the the myth is is that. I didn't give Minnesota the Gophers a chance, and that's not the case at all. I mean, I said I say this all the time: is that if their program was a little bit better, um, they were three and twenty-seven my senior year of high school. So their program wasn't very good at the time. But once Lindsey Whalen came into the mix and she was able to become the face of that program and help them elevate, if it was the opposite way where she's older than me and I'm coming up behind her, I would have signed with the Gophers. No question. But I think the biggest thing, I still see some a little bit of backlash from that because of the support of me being that darling Minnesota girl before I left to go to Wisconsin. Wow. Mm -hmm. You know what? You know what? Let me just take a point. Let's just clap it up for you right now. Just clap it up for you right now. Just one quick. Um, the fact that they put that type of pressure on you shows yeah. your character. You know, they didn't say that, oh, you know, they said that you should have went here and, you know, and they put that on you. So that speaks a lot of your character. So, uh, you know, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back with more of Tamara Moore. And uh, you should do it over Leroy. Don't say the Leroy without the junior. You about to pay some bills. Take us out, Coach Lee. What's up, world? Kyrie Robinson, man. New Orleans Saints veteran. Hey, man, make sure you guys go check out my guy, man, STWF. The media, man. Check them guys out. Y'all want to get sports talk, sports talks with players, with fans, anything like that, man. Go check them guys out, man. That's the place to be if you want to talk sports. Who that nation? Bam, and we back. 
Look, we don't got too many bills because that's like what thirty seconds, you know. So we just pay a quick bill. You know, I think that's like our water bill. No, that's the uh, internet bill. But look, we back with more of WNBA star turn head coach Tamara Moore. Man, thanks for hanging out. Yes. So, Hopefully you took a drink of water because there was a lot of talking just then. Uh, so you ready for more talking with us? You hanging out with the crew now? I am red tea. Let's go, go. Definitely. Okay. Yes. I'm definitely interested in your story. Tell me more about your WNBA experience. Like, what was that life like? But the, the life and the draft. What okay. Was that like? Yes. It, it was a. It, it was a very awesome experience. Um. I, I mean, I I had I was more of like a journey woman in the, in the WNBA. Um, I was drafted in 2002 um, in the 2002 draft. And just to give you like the draft that it would have been, the number one draft pick in my draft was Sue Bird, who is right now going into her 18th season um, in in the WNBA. Uh, I was ranked, I was drafted 15th overall in the first round to the Miami Soul. They don't exist anymore, but um, it was an awesome experience. I got to Miami. I actually played in Miami for the whole training camp. I actually got to play five games with Miami. And then I had the honor of being traded back home to the Minnesota Lynx into my hometown. Um, had a very successful um, a very successful rookie year. I did well. I, I had got a few rookie of the year votes. I did really well. And from there, I just kind of started to understand the business side of the WNBA. For college, you choose to stay where you're at, or you decide you decide you decide if you want to transfer. Um, but with the WNBA, you don't get to decide whether you stay or not. You either get cut, you can get traded, you can get released, you can get you know. There's a lot of different things that can you know you know that can transpire. Um, I pretty much had every experience you can think of in the WNBA, whether that be cut. I've been cut. I, I've been a starter. I was a non-starter. I, I, I did a lot of, of of great things. I think in the WNBA. Um, people say, well, T, you played on seven teams. I said, and? Some people don't get to play on one. So, facts, facts, big facts. Like, that means I was good enough for seven pro organizations to think I was worthy enough to, to sign with their team. And I think that just certain scenarios, whether that be people that got drafted behind me or, you know, people that might have, you know, been, uh, had better up, up, upticks in their seasons. Um, but just having the opportunity to play for legendary coaches like Bill Lambeer, I got to play for um, Michael Cooper. I actually got to play full season with Brian's dad as my coach. Jelly Bean Bryant was my coach. Um, got to you know hang out with uh, Kobe a lot. Um, Jelly, his dad used to bring the girls into the locker room all the time. So Gianna used to come in the locker room. You know their older daughter used to come in the locker room a lot of times. Natalia. So. Just having that opportunity and not to mention the most amazing women I got a chance to play with. Lisa Leslie, Diana Taurasi, Cheryl mm. Spoops, you know, Tina Thompson. I got to play with Becky Hammond, who is right now coaching in the NBA. Like, I got a chance to do some great things just in, in that. If I, if I wouldn't have gotten injured, I think I still could have continued to play. But that wasn't in my cards. But six seasons, I'll take it any day. Right. That's six seasons is that's some work. You were out there doing it. In the hood, <laughs> we gonna last six summers. So I mean you lasted six seasons. So yeah. Um, yeah. so I, double I, I was one I was three weeks away from okay. So people always ask me, Did you win a WNBA champion? 
I was three weeks away from winning a WNBA championship. The year that the Detroit Shock won their first championship, I was on the team up all the way up until three weeks to the end of the season. But I just, I, Bill Lambert is a tough coach to play for. And I just felt like it wasn't the right fit for me. So I was like, yo, man, I think I need to be traded. That was the dumbest thing I ever asked for in my life, y'all. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> like, you feel it? She got to get a camera like, you gonna feel me. <laughs> that was, can you trade? And then they won the championship three weeks later. Dumbest, dumbest thing ever. I mean, but that just shows for me, like every decision, not always the great, the best decision. And um, just knowing that, I mean, I got a chance to play really successfully the next season in Phoenix with rookie Diana Taurasi and that, but but that ring, that, that championship title across your chest and across and, and with, that's connected to your name that nobody can ever take away is always important. So my dumb self messed up, but it is. What you've learned. So, you yeah. know, that's what's been, that's what's been impressive. Like, you know, definitely shout out to you because you might have not gotten a championship ring, but you got a championship uh, lesson. Yeah. You got, you got right there. Is that, that's your dog right there? Oh, you see that? Yeah. You know, exactly. <laughs> just ratchet. You know, I'm not to introduce my ratchet dog. Like, oh my gosh. That's a... <laughs> You're like, wait, there's something moving right there. Yeah, it's the me. dog needs the moment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There he is. He's our mascot. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Keep the dog out. Shoot, dog. <laughs> Shoot. But, you know, one thing like uh, the, w, the WNBA, you know, like it's different, you know, <clears throat> aside from the players, you know, the women, the men, you know, like uh, what makes the WNBA so unique? Because, you know, for me, I won't see, you know, my biggest thing like, okay, well, you know, they can't dunk. That's the biggest thing. You know, but it's crazy because on one of our shows, the OTS BSBS show on Monday, you know, we spoke on the differences in the WNBA versus the NBA. And one of the things was is the competitiveness. Mm -hmm. So from a fan, you know, from a fan perspective, the WNBA is way more competitive than the NBA because those guys don't play defense. They just want to pad the stats and, and score points. Yes. So I, I think I think on the the, the, the the uniqueness about the WNBA is the camaraderie that the women have. I think that the, the just the, the the unified part of the the league. Um, I think another unique thing about the uh, WNBA is men can't get pregnant, so you know you ain't gonna you <laughs> you're not gonna have situations where men are gonna go on on paternity leave, start playing after pregnancy. Um, <laughs> so I, I, <laughs> I can't hold that in. I got I got the laugh. You know, you're like wait, like. Hey, dog, you coming to practice? I got morning sickness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The way that women bounce back from having kids and still coming back and playing is a unique thing with the WNBA. But I would love to see the WNBA actually teaming up with the NBA to do a different model. Like, let the women play at the same time as the men. Even if it's in the same arena, women play first, play second. It gives more fan base to the women watching and play, playing, and the men still get their same, you know, their same, their same uh shine. I mean, it puts more, you know, it puts more eyes on women. It's the same thing that, that they do in high school. High school varsity girls play first. High school varsity boys play second. And there's that camaraderie and that support. If we don't think it's gonna work separately, they don't gotta play 82 games. They can still play 34. But it would be just the 34 solid games. Their playoffs happen before the men's playoffs, and then the men's playoffs happen. There's a way to make the game successful. And That's actually a great idea. It. 
Mm-hmm. You have a point. Now, do you think that would make a difference in the equality when it comes to the pay? Because I think that's one of the big issues that still needs to be addressed. Yeah, I think I think it definitely would be because then you're you're cross branding the NBA promo and the and WNBA promo together. You got the you know got the everything being sold. You got the teams coming out and being together. You got them doing a lot of stuff more together. And then they can start doing some more advertisement that are together. Like you got the WNBA players from the Lynx and the Timberwolves coming together, doing, you know, bigger promotions that promotes the league itself. And then it goes from there. And then it, it helps the women to be able to be on a bigger platform. A lot of teams have fans and things like that. But when you watch those games, you see a lot of those fans are, are stands are empty. It's a little different now because COVID, so there's no fans right now. But I, I just think that they need to try some, a new model that brings the women more farther into the forefront and then those salaries will start to start to spike up. I mean, worst case yes. scenario, one of them NBA players need to give up a little bit of their money. One sa- one player could probably pay a whole WNBA team salary just off of what they make as a max contract. True. So, True. I think 1 million from each man's contract towards one of them women, it would be amazing. And they still would still have enough to, to be able to, I mean, what, what was, um somebody just signed, I think a hundred and, Hundred million dollar contract. Mm-hmm. You there's twelve women on the team. Even if you gave twelve million of your salary to them, you still have what? A lot. <laughs> like still a lot. Still a lot. Yeah. They'll be okay. <laughs> like, well, I mean, what's the difference? A Bugatti and a, a Lambo? I mean, you know, like <laughs> you know. So yeah, but there's there's a lot of lot of fun and cool things. I think that there's there, it's going to take more and more, but I, I always wondered why they never did that that model and at least tried it. Wow. From a cost standpoint, that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Because you're not doing alternate seasons yep. and you're not, you know, you're already going to be in the arena all day. So even yep. if you started, if you already started, uh, if you do a five o'clock tip off and a seven o'clock tip off, okay, the doors open at four, you, you, oh, even three thirty, the doors open at four. Women play in that five. They everybody stay there anyway, and then you get to make more bang for your buck because you're gonna be able to charge for a double ticket compared to having to charge just for <laughs> one ticket. Don't give out too much information now. They can't be giving all these nuggets. So tell me about that shit you wear. Look. We we see something else in your future. We we need you, yeah, making yeah. some other moves. So beyond coaching, I see another career for you. Like after you're done with that. If listen, if they ever make do that idea, we're coming right back to this episode, y'all. We said <laughs> Hey, exactly. And, I, and I'm calling the goons. Hey, what what's that mean? I'm, I'm be like this. Hey. Me here call. I'm calling the goons. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor. I like that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like that's it. That's, that's it. That was very smart. Episode. They gonna run us our money, y'all. We gonna get. Oh, oh, like that. Now let me get. So, but tell us about the uh, show. I mean, about your shirt. That's a pretty cool shirt you got on. Well, thank you very much. It's the official basketball association, the OBA league. Let me let me raise up a little bit so y'all can see it. So, yep, that is the league that I actually currently am the CEO of. That I launched in 2019. It's a minor league basketball league for men, and then we'll be launching the women next year in 2022. Wow. Now, will you be using that model, your model that you just put out there? 
I actually, <laughs> I already actually have. I own a, I owned. Well, so I just sold it this year because now I, I took on the CEO role of a, of a full league, and I didn't want the bias of owning a team and being the CEO of the league. Um, I actually did that model the, the season before COVID hit, um, which would have been we would have done it two years. But I owned a men's team and a women's team, TC Elite and Queen Elite, and we had the women play first, and we had the men play second. And the crazy part, my women's games were more sold out than my men's games were. See, proof of concept is what they call that. So yes. you already know it works. Okay. What is women's crazy. basketball is fundamentally sound. Huh? Women's basketball yeah. is fundamentally sound. Yeah, but also women are going to promote. Women used to re like used to promote. They used to get their friends, their families. They obviously they bring their kids. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they used to, and they used to have the ability to bring people. And the team that I actually owned had seven D1 women's players on it and one WNBA player on it. Um, the WNBA player I had was Kanisha Bell. She was a University of uh, Minnesota senior. She got drafted by the Lynx. She was released by the Lynx. She came and played with Queen Elite, stayed with us for five games, and then got called back up into the WNBA. So wow. I feel like for me, it, it's a great model. The guys used to be mad like, yo, Coach, they, why they fans leaving? Like, why they not stand and watch us? Why y'all not helping promote? Like, <laughs> so it, it's a great model. It, it actually worked really well. Um, we did at least five doubleheader games, and it was always a massive success. I'm going to tell you this. Like, after, you know, I've been hearing a lot. Um, Y'all like, what's it, women rule the world? Was that Beyonce? I'm really believing it because, like, we had, um, a, after you, you know, I would say, you're very inspirational. I told we got an upcoming lady. She's a owner. She's a boxer. She's a amateur boxer. And she said, she was like, it's crazy. Same, same thing you said, how, you know, women promote the events and blah, 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 blah. But what she said, she was like, because she also uh, holds different uh, fights. It's Star Wars out here yeah. in Dallas. She yeah. said, the men are scary. I'm like, what the hell? Because they want to know who they're going to fight. The women, y'all just show up and be ready. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah, and I think, and, I, and, and it's, it, it's, it's a tough game out there. And I, I, I'll, say, I'll say it for sure. Like it, it's it's a really it's a really competitive game to be a woman with ideas and a woman with with, with drive and, and and ambition to want to be pushing something like I my, my my official basketball association is a league for for grown men to to be able to try to take themselves to the next level. They might not have got drafted in the NBA. They might not have got drafted and picked up in the G League or even played overseas, but they aspire to be um, have a chance to do that. And that's why I established the league. But you have a lot of, and this is this fact, you have a lot of men that have done it, but not as to the success of 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 of, of, of me, for example. Yes, speaking. Another, um, another lady and her husband that own a league, and the the success that, and and the hard things that I have to go through just as a woman, like it, it's. And I'll give you an example. My men's team, they would come to practice, and they, we would always practice. And they knew I was knowledgeable. They knew I knew what I was talking about. But they would always be like, man, coach, then why are you complaining all the time? So I had to say, <laughs> when you're at home with your wife, your girlfriend, or your significant other, and she says to you, take the garbage out. Why you didn't wash the car? Why you didn't mow the lawn? But then you come to practice, and I say, why you didn't box out? Why you didn't rebound? Why you didn't pass the ball to him? You're looking at it as complaining because that's what's happening at home with your significant others. 
that it's not the same. I said, if I was a man, would it be called complaining or would it be called coaching? And they, they didn't ever think about it. But I said, you can't assume it's complaining because I'm a woman because I'm just doing the same thing any man coach would do. I'm critiquing your game to prepare you to be better. So they was like, dang. But that's well, not I was about to say that. You, you know, I felt like them. Like, you know, you, you're right. I'm just going to walk off. You know what I'm saying? I used to feel this big. Then I talked to you, coach. Now I feel this big. <laughs> and I used to tell them all the time, like, I'm sorry that you get. I mean, I know because even the girls would come to the game like, you better do that. But when I do it in the in the, in the huddle, it's if you call it complaining, but that's that's just the, the double-edged sword of a woman giving direction and leadership to a grown grown man. Yeah, exactly. Cause see, when you came on, I wanted you to be laced up. I'm ready to take it to the rack. You know what I'm saying? So, how do you gain confidence? You know, because you got to deal with all these type of people. Everyone that wants to challenge you physically, challenge you mentally. You know, and then you have those moments, like those Django moments. Like, how you get here? You know what I'm saying? Can you yeah. call your name? Like. How do you get here? What's your background? Yeah. How do you gain yeah. confidence and still keep your character? From and grown men. And no, grown and men. I, yeah, and I think the biggest thing is IQ and knowledge. When, when you prove to a man that you know what you're talking about when it comes to the actual X's and O's of the game, everything else falls into place. But if I came into a huddle not knowing how, what play to draw, what, what not, what, not knowing what defense to, to, to play, not even knowing a, a game scheme, like they they take and they hone in on that. You can pull on the heartstrings of a woman if you're coaching a, a young woman or a woman because it's a more of an emotional coaching than you can, and it's an empowerment to say you can do this. Come on, but mm. they understand that you can get them to go. But a man, you can't just say you can do it. They'll be like, but what are we doing? <laughs> right, I'm a lamb. We're like, well, what? <laughs> okay. man, I go home. <laughs> what are we doing? So like. I think even with my Masabi Range men's team, I was able to sign 15 players to come and trust me to come play at Masabi Range. Um, it's a it's a D3 junior college. I can't offer scholarships, and I was still able to secure 15 young men to come and trust me to come play at Masabi because I was able to let them know. I think to myself, I let them know what you want, what, where you want to go is where I've already been. Let me lead you to where you, the next step of where you want to go. A lot of my players are 18, 19. I tell them all the time, you've never been 40. I've been 18, 19. Things that mm -hmm. I know now, I will let, let me guide you so you don't make potentially the same mistakes I made. And I made a lot of mistakes, but I still got my name called on draft night. So they mm -hmm. understand that. And I, I, the path that I've taken they're willing to listen to because for them, she made it to the highest point in, in the game, especially even if it is on the women's side. Wow. Glory. Right. You made it to the highest point. Yeah. So, you know, and one thing is one, one thing that's always difficult is becoming, you know, being in the game, then being taken out the game. A lot of people don't, you know, and in a lot of culture, you know, different cultures, only people, they only talk just to play the game. They don't know about sports medicine. They don't know about coaching. They don't know about, uh, you know, speech coaching. They don't know about agents. So, you know, what was the determinant factor in, made, in what made you pursue this head coaching position? Um, I, I, I've been – I think it was a, a couple of combinations of things. I had been trying to break into – I had been trying to break into the college coaching world for a while. I was willing to be a grad assistant. I, now, mind you, a grad assistant at 35, 36. I don't care. Oh. 
like I'm willing to do a grad assistant program. I'll get my master's paid for it. That sounds good. Like, and still be able to bring my knowledge to the game. I didn't care what position it was. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is to, to, to pursue this actual opportunity. It was actually a needle in the haystack kind of story. Um, I was coaching girls high school varsity basketball for the last three years before this. Um, I had a really successful um, high school team. And one of my high school players was getting recruited by volleyball at Masada, right? Wow. And she ended up coming to me one day at practice and saying, hey, the volleyball coach is wondering if you're the same tomorrow more that went to Minneapolis North High School. And of course she told the coach, yes. Come to find out the volleyball coach actually worked at my high school as a guidance counselor when I went to Minneapolis North. Wow. He works at Masabi as the volleyball coach. We got in contact. She got in contact with me. We started communicating. Her name is Coach Sarah. We started communicating via email. We got on the phone. We started reminiscing about high school days when she was working at the school and how she used to. And I said, you know, before I hung up, I said, if you have any, if there are any jobs that are open on that campus, let me know. Her husband, her husband is the women's head coach there. She said, well, tomorrow actually, the, the men's head coaching job might come open. Would you be interested? You see my face? I said, <laughs> like, do you think you could coach men? I said, I've been coaching men for the last five years. And she said, mm. well, let's start the process. She got me in contact with the athletic director and the provost of the school. And from went to the interview and I got hired. So just those relationships I built from a younger age in high school ended up coming in and helping me to make history, being able to be the first African-American woman to coach a, a men's college team. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm over here doing the milli You know what I'm saying? You saucy. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, like not everyone has that that sauce, that that power, that pizzazz, you know, that finesse that you have, that confidence. So, you know, should women be considered more in men's coaching positions? Um, I mean, Becky Hammond is killing it right now in the game. Like, I really do believe that her her breaking down a lot of barriers when it comes to what she's doing, she's proven that women can do it. You have, you know, Swin Cash that's in the front office uh, in the NBA. You have Teresa Witherspoon who's in the front office in the NBA. You have a lot of different people that are doing things in the coaching world. And I would love for more people to, to actually apply for jobs that they feel that they're, that they're qualified for. Like, everybody is qualified, and there are a lot of women that are very knowledgeable about this game because they play this game for so many years. I tell people all the time, like, I was an, I personally feel like I was an amazing basketball player. Sometimes when I look back at some of the things I did on the court in videos, I'm like, you did that? Like, <laughs> I feel like, to be honest, I feel like I'm an even better coach because I studied the game way more than I actually actually played it. And that, like I said, I watch game film. I watch I watch other people's film. When I was in fifth, fourth and fifth grade, that's when the Chicago Bulls was making that those runs during that time, 93, 94. I was like, the last dance. And actually, that was those ages, like fourth through eighth grade, I would take a notebook and I would go and I would actually make a stat sheet. And I would watch those NBA games with books and take stats. I would write down the plays to see how I could diagram how to stop it. Like, 
I've been doing this in my head for a long time. So there's other women out there that are doing that exact same thing and, and they just need it. And they just have to have that opportunity. So you are a student of the game. That's what I'm hearing. You are definitely that. So what advice would you have for women in sports? I think my biggest advice is don't let nobody tell you your worth and don't let anybody tell you what you can and cannot do. If you know you have the experience and you know you have the knowledge, stop being afraid to at least apply. Apply for the job. If you don't apply, we'll never know. Like all I could do is all I could do was apply. All the they could only say one of two things. Thank you tomorrow, but no, or thank you tomorrow, welcome to this team. And I think that's the biggest thing is that not a lot of women apply because they don't never think that they'll even get in the door to try. So I think that's the biggest thing is that if the first step is knowing that you can, but the second step is put your name on that application and apply and get force them to, to give you a chance. Right. Wow. Wow. You're definitely changing the narrative on things. And like, yeah, you know, like, and you're doing it so much in a humbling way to where, you know, it's like, you, people want to accept that and, and get behind it, you know. So like that's leadership, you know, and that shows your leadership and your character, uh, your character traits. Because you know, it's like, man, you know what? Even if I like this person or not, I'm gonna get behind because what they're doing, what they stand for, and how that they're getting, you know, how they're getting things accomplished. Like, wow, you know, it's 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 just great just being able to, uh, you know, just sit here and talk to you and pick your brain and just hear about some of your experiences, you know. Um, and someone had to kind of plant seeds on you. So what was the best coaching advice you got? I think the best coaching advice that I got was from my college coach. Uh, he gave me this book, What Makes a Point Guard. And I think to myself a lot of times, um, Jane Albright, um, she was my college coach. And she was always tell me, and I used to always ask her these different questions. And I said, coach, you know, what what do, I, what do I need to do? She's like, you need to make everybody better. Make, make everybody else better. And my only question to her was, well, who makes me better? She said, didn't I say everyone? Like, you are a part of that everyone. So I think the, the pressure um, kind of lifted because if, if you're put in a position to be the leader of the team, whether that be because you, you're the point guard and you handle the ball, whether that be you're the second coach on the floor, if they're given the keys to a team and you're given a leadership role, you have to know your job is to make everybody better, and you're included in that everyone. And I always went into every game, every practice, every opportunity, wanting to make everybody else better. Sometimes that wasn't always good because sometimes I, I feel like I kind of got overshadowed a little bit in appreciation, in appreciation boat. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you don't do things for appreciation. You do things for the success of the whole. And I think that was the best advice that I could probably have gotten over the years, I mean, I had some other ones. You know, I had a high, I had a really good high school coach. Uh, my brother was really instrumental in my life, Jeff Robinson. Um, my mom was always very supportive. Like my mom never played growing up, but my mom is the most, the biggest sports fan you can think of. You probably heard some noise out there. My niece has got a game, so they watching it. Thing, she like, to get the ball and go. But she's really grown to to really know a lot, and like she watched every sport. She watched cricket. She don't care what sport it is. She like everything. And everything is everything. Everything. She like everything. <laughs> so that's, I think, the big thing for me is that I got. Some, I have had some really great advice over the years. And one thing I will say is this: is that I give the best advice, but never follow it, which is crazy. And I don't know why. <laughs> I give the greatest 
life. And I'll be like, why you didn't follow that yourself? But <laughs> Facts. It's just... Facts. Wow. Just, you know, shout out to you even knowing that you should have been listening to your own advice. You know what I'm saying? Like, shout out to you for that. But, you know, one thing that you, you know, one thing that stood out, you said, you know, one thing about your game is to make other people better. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's what you do. You can hear it in your, uh, you know, you, can, you, can, you speak and you hear it. You know, I see it in your demeanor. You know, so with that, I'm pretty sure it, you know, it was displayed in your on-game play, on your on-court play. So yeah. what was your biggest game moment? Um, I, I say, I, I, because I was able to have a chance to play on every level, I'll just say for each each level. High school, for me, my, my biggest game moment was winning the state championship. My high school team, my high school had never won a girls' state championship. We went 29-0. Um, we went to rank, we ranked 14th in the country. And we just we, we made history as the first inner city school from Minneapolis to ever win a state championship. So that was the biggest um, game moment in, in high school. I think my biggest game moment in college was within the WNIT championship um, and being named game MVP. Um, that was a very big moment for the university. And it's still to this day their only postseason in school history. So that's another big accomplishment and, and big game for me. And then I would say WNBA. Was what I think would be definitely my very first game in my WNBA career when I played in Miami. It just happened to be my first WNBA game was against the Minnesota Lynx. How rare, nice. rare is that to be able to play against the hometown team in your first game and and almost lead your team to the to, to the win over them? I had 22 points in. The, they named me the Shiro of the game, and it, it's still my career high to this day. And it was just a, it was an unbelievable way to enter myself into the WNBA. So I bet you was like, yeah, I'm I, I mean, I, I, mean. I, I know you, I know you, your confidence was just like, boom, like, wow, that's definitely a great feat. Like. My, my confidence was really strong. Um, and I, but I think, I think to myself, like, I'm a, I wish I was, a, I'm, and I'm gonna be completely honest, like, I wish I was more of an ultimate pro in, in, in the ways that I did after the season was over. Like, I work out, I'm 40 years old, I train harder now as a 40-year-old as I than I did as a 22-year-old and because I always felt like I, my body always going to be looking like this. No, it ain't. No, it ain't. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was with you. I got my compression side. I, I, I feel the dog. you. <laughs> look, look, look. I did look. not. That <laughs> yes, yes. Oh. I do Zumba. I do. I'm like, man, if I was doing all of this then, I probably still would be in the WNBA, but I what I will say is like I don't I don't regret any any of those things because just having that experience was awesome. So those were some great moments, and I'm I'm always gonna be humbled that I had that experience. Exactly. So you know, here at Sports Talk with Friends, you know, we're uh, powered by the fans. So we ask all our interviewers, you know, we always gotta ask this question: What was your biggest fan moment? Um, I think. Um, it was a, it, so this is, there was this awesome lady. There was this awesome lady in New York when I played in New York. Um, her name was Cheryl and she's still super cool with me to this day. She always is very supportive. Um, she wanted to actually get my face tattooed on her leg. Like I convinced her not to do it, um, <laughs> but it, like it was a super cool, even gesture of appreciation for my game to know that somebody wanted to to get a tattoo of my face and me on their on their body for life. Um 
but she's super awesome. She was super, super cool. She was always there at every game, making sure that she was a big supporter. And I want to say shout out to Cheryl for, for being, you know, one of them awesome fans. But that was a shock to me where I was like, you want to get my face, me tatted on your leg? She was like, you're just the best. So, so yeah, <laughs> really cool, really cool fan moment. And I think and in, in college, I had a really cool fan moment where I got really, really, really close with a, a, young, a, 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 a single mother and her daughter. And she just followed me forever, like for the whole season. Her name was Taryn Olsen. That was her daughter. Daughter and the mom's name was Kelly. And she was like a little, a little tomorrow. She looked just like me. She could wear her hair like me. And like, it just was awesome that I got a chance to bond with them over all the years that I, that I played at Wisconsin. So some really cool fan moments and no more fans, other no better fans than my mom and my family. So I had to say that as well. Nice, nice, nice. That's, that's pretty cool. So, you know, we recently had this, um, question. We had this poll in our group, sports talk with friends in our Facebook group. Everyone make sure y'all check it out. Um, so to me and most people in the group, it was Serena Williams. She's the woman goat. Uh -huh. So, you know, you had the opportunity to be in front greatness, to, you know, interact on a daily basis with greatness. So who is your woman goat? Um, I, I definitely think Serena is doing major things. I think she's the female, she's the woman goat in, in, in sports without using a title sport. Like when it comes to just the sport world overall. Um, but as far as, if we had to look at basketball, I think the I, I personally think the woman gold is Diana Taurasi. Um, I think what she's been able to do in, in, in just the just the game and just what she brings to the game and how the game changed and elevated once she came into college and into the WNBA. Um, but I, I always I, I have like a top three. Cheryl Miller was amazing. Lisa Leslie was amazing. Um, but my ultimate mentor and my ultimate the person I look to up to the most was Shamiko Hoseclaw. That was somebody that I felt like was super, super amazing and <laughs> did four high school state championships and a potential. You know what I'm saying? Championships. <laughs> and she was actually my mentor in high school. Like, and we had to play together in the WNBA as well. But Shamiko Hoseclaw was 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 my my idol growing up and who I looked up to. So those are just a couple, but I would say Diana Taurasi is the woman female goat as far as basketball. Nice. Now, okay, now, now we got to take that that label of the yeah. Anderson. Take the basketball. Who's your woman goat? I just said it. Overall, outside of sports. Oh, Serena. Oh, you okay. Know, life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, outside just overall. You know, because you know we, so we're talking about women's history. You know, we do it. So overall. Um. Uh, sorry for the cliche answer, guys, but it's my mom. Like, like, and it's not, not, like, it's not, it's not to be cliche and it's not to be like, oh, you got to plug your mom. Like, no, to have a single mom that was able to make sure that I had everything I ever needed to be successful. And my mom's only rule was for me, she always told me, you don't never got to get a job as long as you apply yourself in in the classroom and on the court. And I said, okay, my first job was the WBA. That was my wow. So my, I held up my end of the bargain to be able to, 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 to take what she instilled in me. My mom, in, in my four years of college, my mom only missed five games total in four seasons. That's home and away. 
So wow. just knowing the, 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 the length she would go to be dedicated to to be, me being the person I am today, she's definitely my, 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 my woman goat. And I believe she's doing the same thing now for my, my, my niece, who she doesn't went to every game. She mad she couldn't go tonight. Um, and my little niece, she starts her journey tomorrow as her third grade team. I'm the coach. And my, my, my mom is already ready to take the journeys again. So it's amazing. And Rita Johnson, you the best. You the GOAT. Wow. Yeah, that was wow. That was deep. that was heavy. Yeah, yes. wow. Yes. Great. So, you know, before we get up out of here, we got we got a few more questions for you. But you know, told you, you know, we got, you know, I don't know if y'all can see, but this is uh Kyrie Clothing. We got some shirts for you. Oh so, right. That'll work. You know, so y'all could definitely uh check that out. Kyrie Clothing, y'all see hard work and commitment. Hard work and commitment. And so, you know, we got that coming for you because that's what, you know, it seems, you know, that's what we know or we feel that it takes to get to this GOAT status, get to this legendary status, get to where you're at. Because one without the other, you know, you can work hard, but you ain't, if you're not committed, you're just working hard. So definitely that's coming to you. And so we appreciate that for you. But before we get up out of here, uh, surely you got to think for for Ms. Tamara. Well, first of all, definitely humble is the word but more than anything what i've seen from you is that you're a force i've listened to the way that you speak and that's that's it right speak it is my thing words that's my world and how you've spoken it into existence and how you lived your life and this is one of those on and off the court kind of things like your Spirit is just infectious. So I can see why you are a phenomenal coach. It's one of those things like, oh, okay, I'll follow you. We can get it done. And I think that's just what you exude, that you can get it done. Your confidence is over the top. Like you say, you're a student of the game. And just all the moves you've made from starting your own league to being the first African-American woman to coach a men's basketball team, we're about to see you just move higher and higher. I know you said that you all did not get a chance to really play your season because of COVID. I'm interested to see what happens. So now I'll be following you all to see how you turn it around because you have more time in the incubator. So I'm excited about that as you develop your team. Yeah. Um, my question is, what do you have for us as women? I mean, you've learned so much from sports, but as women in business, women in life, you know, as we are here in the middle of this month, what what's your advice to a woman who is on a mission and she is out there in a world that really women are not seen very often? So what do you do? What do you have to say to women in male dominant industries? Uh, protect your blueprint, like at, at all costs, protect your blueprint, because I think people underestimate a lot of times the strength of what women can bring to the table. Like just even on this, on this, uh, interview right now, I probably have given a lot of great ideas that potentially could be used later in, in the world. So, I mean, and, 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 and this wasn't to say, okay, I need credit for this or this, but if it's something that you're, you're passionate about, protect your blueprint and make sure you're the one that pushes that blueprint forward and, and make sure your inner circle of people are, is people that you can trust and people that you believe in and believe in your vision. I think uh, a lot of times what ends up happening is 
because of what you just said is that I'm a, I am a force. I'm a very, I'm a go-getter. I'm a self-starter. I'm able to be able to, to push forward. But I think because of some of the things that I've dealt with in my life with people kind of pushing into my blueprint or trying to steal my blueprint, I think I, it has, it has jaded me a little bit. Um, but I try my hardest and I'm, I'm, I'm still working every day. I'm not perfect. And I do have, have days where I'm, I'm so, so focused on protecting my blueprint that I, I sometimes can rub people the wrong way, but it's only because of the fact of what you just said, not a lot of women are accepted in those bigger boardrooms. It's like, okay, what I did you have? Okay. Now stand on the outside of the door while I go present it. So the biggest thing is that's why I, I love the official basketball association it's something I worked on for months before I launched it. It's something that I was able to be able to take and grow with. We have we have 50-plus teams in this league that are ready to start our season in a month. Um, so just ready to get growing and going. And from now on, I just want women to protect their blueprint. And lastly, stop being scared to apply. Apply and apply yourself. Ashe, that's that West African tradition. I agree. Amen. Ashe. Yes. yes. I appreciate that question for sure. Because a lot of times people won't won't even think about, you know, what what they can do to be successful. So I really appreciate that question. Okay. So he put on here protect your blueprint as we get ready to close out. I again I just can't say it enough. Anytime I see a woman doing amazing things, I can't help but salute. So it was an honor to sit on the Sports Talk with Friends panel to be a oh, part of this well. interview experience. Hey, you know what I'm saying? Oh, you know what I'm saying? You got the sauce too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, you know, the other brand. You know, you know, uh, 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 you know. <laughs> but look, you got, you know, we got to get cozy in this thing. So, you know, you can't, we, we got so many nuggets. You, you know, we got, we got the uh, female questions, but you can't let you go. Oh, many. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so my question for you, I got a couple of them. So what were you not prepared for once you arrived to your current position? Um, I think, I don't think I was prepared for how fast it was going to grow. That's the, that's the biggest thing. Like, when I first decided that I was going to do the official basketball association, I said, I'm going to start with about eight teams. I'm going to do a quick little season and then I'll build from there. Uh, when I launched it on July 1st of 2019, um, I think the biggest thing was, is that I, I was like, okay, I got eight. Wait a minute. Now I got 16. Wait a minute. Now I got 24. Like it, it, I didn't, I wasn't prepared for the excitement of it. And I wasn't prepared for how fast it was going to grow. I think the biggest thing, I have some really great owners, some really great teams. I have a really great front office that really works hard to put things together. Um, but I think I think sometimes because it moves so fast, I may have potentially allowed some of the wrong people to come in. But, I mean, but for me, I'd rather that happen and those people be removed now and me be able to be successful before we even tip off our inaugural season, which is the weekend of April 10th and 11th. Um I think that's. I think that was the biggest thing that I, I didn't realize. And moving so fast, um, it just makes me want to slow down a little bit now, so that I don't mess it up and, and and things continue. So shout out to everybody that's a part of the official basketball association, Incorporated Inc. And we're just gonna see what we can do. Nice. Okay. Okay. 
So Minnesota is known as the land of 10,000 lakes. What would you say is your favorite lake that you like to go to? Lake Calhoun. Everybody, they just changed the name, I think. But everybody goes to Lake Calhoun. It's it's a really nice lake. It, 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 obviously, you can run around it. You can people can picnic around it, and it's off. It's in our uptown area, so like okay. everybody loves Lake Calhoun. But to be honest, there are really ten thousand lakes in Minnesota, like for real. Like that's crazy. I can't even imagine that. A lot of people go to theater work, but Lake Calhoun is the is the more most popular. I feel like lake in Minnesota. Okay. Wait, is is Lake Minnetonka real, or was that just from? Okay, Prince <laughs> made the girl. And how crazy is it? The fun fact: she didn't really jump in Lake Minnetonka in the movie. That wasn't really. Lake Minnetonka. Oh, was it? Which lake? But it, but I don't even know which lake it is. But I know, I know for a fact that wasn't Lake Minnetonka from just the like. The <laughs> <laughs> but Lake Minnetonka is a lake. She was okay. in Duluth or something. <laughs> Dirty water. That water. <laughs> Dirty Diana. All right, I'm almost. I'm almost done with my questions. Okay. So, you are a a former athlete, and you said you work out better now than you did when you were younger. Uh -huh. So you probably watch what you eat. But me being who I am, I like to eat. Who you says has the best Juicy Lucy? The best Juicy Lucy. Mm -hmm. Don't go to Matt's here in Minnesota. They got the best Juicy Lucy. If you bite into it right away, you're gonna burn your tongue. But that is one of the big. That's one of the best places here in Minnesota. Matt's Bar and Grill has the best Juicy Lucy ever. But let me just keep it real with you, and I'm gonna keep it real with the world. I ain't watched what I ate either, so don't worry about it. I'm actually. <laughs> I'm actually on a journey right now um, to, to lose some weight before my 41st birthday. Um, I've already lost 30 pounds so far. Congrats. Thank you. Yes. But in the other amazing part about it, I lost 30 pounds in a month. So Wow. Yes, I Wait mean, a minute. Okay. Trade secrets. <laughs> yes. Hey, hey, I was waiting to ask her about the meatless march. So she's doing this thing as a meatless march right now. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I actually lost the, and the people are gonna find out this for the first time on here because I've been kind of, kind of hide my, 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 my visuals until I get to where to then, so that people can be like, wait a minute, T, what? But like, like oh! <laughs> this is the most candid that you guys wanted. I, I played my lowest WNBA weight at one sixty three. About ago, I got on the scale and I was two hundred and ninety three pounds. Now, the biggest thing for me is, and see your face. If you seen me, you wouldn't think it was 293 because it's in all the good places, y'all. Hey, <laughs> That's it. That's it. Feet <laughs> tall, so it doesn't look the same as if I was like five five. I said to myself, "That's not healthy." So I've already lost 30. I'm at 263 in a month, but I this I work out two day two times a day, uh, four days a week, and I work out six days a week. I try to eliminate drinking pop. I'm not drinking alcohol. Um, I'm trying to stay away from fast food because being in Masabi, um, there's no fast food other than like three places that you don't go every day. Um, but I think the biggest thing is I drink a lot more water. I used to hate water. I love me some water now. So I, <laughs> so I think that's the biggest thing. I got a long way to go, but 30 pounds is gone. I'll never want to see it again. Glory. Yes. Now, when is your birthday? 
My, my birthday is April. April. So the inaugural weekend of our OBA league season is my birthday weekend. Oh. Um, the fact, but the, another fact is the, my body type and my metabolism. I lose weight fast because of the fact that I, my body has always been in tune to be an athlete. So once I get back going, it'd be like, oh, okay, we back going. So I, mm. I'm losing weight really fast. Um, but for me, I, I, it's nothing to be embarrassed about. And like I told you, like I, I'm a very candid and open person to say if this is something that can help somebody else, then I, I, I don't mind talking about it because it is a struggle to be a top-level athlete of what you see me and what you believe the athlete is supposed to be. But once we're retired and once we're out of the game and once we're pushed away from the media and things like that, it's hard to sustain that image that everybody expects you to stay looking like. But I dang sure don't want to touch 300. So let's figure this out, everybody. <laughs> Back. Back. Sounds like you are. I, you have. Serious. Yes, I have to. I'm going to keep no, not eating no meat. I need some chicken. I That's what I said. I was like, what's going on with this? Uh, it's been good. Like I've been doing the smoothies. I've been doing a lot more veggies, and I, I've been doing a lot more water drinking of water. So that's a big that's a big thing. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Well, okay. well, appreciate yeah. it. Appreciate it. Well, stay out of New Orleans because you won't be able to keep that up. <laughs> <laughs> I was just in New Orleans two months ago. Okay. Oh. <laughs> thing you could think of. I ate the beignets. I that's was I ate it. I went everywhere. I went to Acme. I went to everywhere. Okay. Got the oysters? That's what I'm talking about. Wait, one more time. Three steps in a circle. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Wow, that's pretty cool. Sure. I think I probably gained about 12 pounds before I, by the time I left there. Yeah, you really enjoy New Orleans. That's how you know you went to New Orleans. That's I, how like, you do it. You can't do it any other way. So I had some cold drink, you know, baby. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, you got me getting cold. Now I'm about to do this New Orleans thing. <laughs> but, man, you know, we hate to have to end this. You want to say, it's so hard to say goodbye. You know, I've been singing. You know, I was in a band. It's so hard. I'm sorry. You know, I'm going to stick to what I do. <laughs> but, man, you know, before we let you go, you got any uh, anything else, Coach Lee? Sorry. You got any, um, anything I'm, else for I'm, I'm a wrap. That's a wrap for me. Okay. Okay. So, um, any shout-outs you want to give? Uh, how can everyone follow you, uh, Tamara? Okay. So, if anybody wants to follow me, they can follow me on all social media platforms tomorrow. T-A-M-A-R-A, -A -A, middle middle initial T-E-E, -E, more. That's all my social media handles on all the social media sites. I would love for everybody to have a chance to go like um, our Facebook page for the OBA League. It's the OBA League on Facebook. And our website is theobaleague.com if everybody gets a chance to do that. Make sure you guys check out some of the games. Some of the teams were all across the country. We even got eight teams in the country of Papua New Guinea. So we're, we're looking, wow. looking to do some big things. I would love to give a shout-out to all of my fans, all of the staff that are a part of the official basketball association, um, Kareem Hunter, Marlon Sheard, uh, Gary Rima. I want to give a shout-out to all of my directors that are doing great things as well. Um, and that's that's the main thing. I think I want to say thank you to you guys for having me on and let me be a part of it. Y'all my friends now. Hey, that's how we roll. Hey, girl, you know hey. right. <laughs> That's how we roll. You know, we use sports to become friends. So that's, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I know numbers too, show. Hey, 
Look, hey, I grew up with four cousins, five cousin girls. Look, throw some jacks, play some hopscotch, beat up your boyfriends. <laughs> yeah, never know. Well, <laughs> <laughs> man, thank you for hanging out with us. Uh, man, like, uh, yeah, you know. You, you are a friend right now. We definitely going to uh, support you, you know, support the page. And got to give you a shout out. Huge kudos on your draft. You okay. did an online draft two days ago. One more shout out. Of course, I got to shout out Masabi Range College. Yes. To be the head. And last but not least, Kyrie Robinson, thank you for suggesting me for this interview. And I want to give him a shout out as well. Thank you. Thank you. Cool. Don't give him no shout out. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all just visit his website. That's KyrieClothing.com. But, man, you know, like we do with our interviews, we always ask, you know, only the good ones, only the good interviews we ask that you close out our, our show. Yes. Would you Would you bless us with that opportunity so I can go? Because, you know, unlike you, I drink beer. So I got some beer downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> so you can close this show for us. They got the Hennessy. No, it's playing. Oh, <laughs> so I just do a Lee Road. I'm saying a Lee Road out there, Julie. I don't know about y'all, but I'm out. All right, peace, y'all. Close us out. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.